BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Isaac Hayes, I mean, you're a tech founder, you've bootstrapped it, people are now making money. Can you talk about how you're approaching like growing the platform and what success really looks like? Well, for me, I say this, we have to normalize something that's extremely important. When I started Fanbase, people would call Fanbase, it's Fanbase like the black Instagram or the black clubhouse or the black whatever, right? And when you use that term, you basically uh, buy into the philosophy that only white people can make things for all people. And and, And we have to dispel that notion, right? Like, you know, or even in the space of tech, if it isn't China, or if it isn't some other country that that builds it, or if it doesn't come from some white, you know, Silicon Valley company right. that that it's something that can't be built for all people. Yeah. And in the space of culture, like I love how I love Calendly. Like everybody uses Calendly, don't yep. know that was thought about a black person. Like yep. love it. And so uh, in culture, they try to they try to box you in to say, oh, this must be the black whatever. And I'm like, no, this is for everybody. It, can, it it's black owned, but not black only. Yes. So. I made a post of myself and I put myself in a photo with Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, Kevin Sistrom and Evan Spiegel and myself. And I said, look, we've never had a guy like this. We've never had like someone that started a social media platform that's elevated it to the level. So my vision of success is that level of success. If fan base is not that successful, then it wasn't a success to me because I under, because number one, there's no way in 20, 
in 2021, right? We've seen the value mm -hmm. that we bring to Twitter with Black Twitter. We've seen it with TikTok. We've seen it with Clubhouse. Snapchat. I mean, we've the list it. is endless, it feels like. We see Stock X, like everything. Yeah. And so one of the things that I tell our community is sometimes Black people, we're so innovative that we innovate at a pace that we don't realize we're creating economies and we're creating infrastructures that we don't own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the best example that I give everybody is when Grandmaster Flash scratched on a turntable for the first time, nobody went up to him and was like, hey, don't show this to nobody. Give me like three or four months. I'm gonna go make a turntable company and then we gonna shock the world. Because what we did is we innovated in our form on, on hardware mm -hmm. that we don't own. We don't own a Techniques or a Pioneer. So they own DJ Culture. We made DJ Culture. Wow, but wow we that's such a good example. Right? And so, and then one of my boys sent me this G-Wagon, this crazy G-Wagon from Germany. It's like, it's above a, 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 a Brabus. Bravos, it's like, it's like, yeah. It's like a Hoffler or something crazy. <laughs> it's got like suicide doors. It's got TVs in the headrest. The rims are like 20 inches. I'm like, yo. They had neon light. I was like, yo, I was like, this is what we were doing to cars before anybody did. But these luxury car companies took this technology, put TVs in the head, rust, right. all this luxury that's inside these vehicles. But we don't own a Chrysler, a Ford, a Chevrolet. So we innovate at a space and a pace that we don't own infrastructure. So the same thing with social media. So I was like, enough is enough. We're innovating at a space and a pace. A, a, a pace that we don't actually own the infrastructure. So we need to own the social media infrastructure for our culture as well, because they're making billions of dollars off what we do. It's the same way with these dance challenges and the young TikTokers are getting taken advantage of and they're not getting their credit. And then the other, the white TikTokers do the same dances that they didn't record or make the song and they didn't make the choreography, but they're yeah. going out and getting brand deals with these major brands and making tons of money. So that's like enough is enough. We have to own our, our culture in the infrastructure of social media and monetize it. It can be for everybody, but when there's somebody black at the helm of what yes. you're doing, there's a care and there's actually a, a supervision and a, a monitoring of what's going on to make sure that there isn't this imbalance of what's going on. You know, there isn't like some, there's a, there's a dude, there's a comedian on TikTok, and he, he has 6 million followers and his videos get, taken off and banned and blocked and someone takes his audio his same audio and does the same video as this this woman she's like she's like i think she's like korean and and, and danish or something or fittish and she does his voiceovers and she's verified has three million followers she's <gasps> verified and selling merch but they take his videos down wow and so i'm like it's crazy so if there's no one that sees that happen and say okay nah we that that's not gonna happen like we're gonna verify him you know, we're not going to take his videos down if, if we're not taking hers down. Right. You know, we have to create the environment that we do. So building a company for me is just I'm a I'm a listener. I know that I have to put people around me that know way more than I do. I'm just yeah. the idea guy. Right? I'm just the I'm the guy that's like, let's try this. You know, like yeah. I'm the guy that says, let's try this. My my CTO, his name is Ramiro Canavas. He's Argentinian. And I was blessed to meet him and the team. They built a phenomenal product. And, you know, I'm being aggressive. We I think you have to be as an entrepreneur. You know, you have to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. If you're not technical, you have to go and get the best technical founder you can. And that's how you really build and excel. Like, you have to be aggressive. Ramiro says stuff to me, I don't know, 
I don't know what half the stuff means half the time he's telling me, but it's like the fact that he knows yeah. gives me this sense of calm. Like you really be knowing this shit. Like it's a whole nother, like the, Oh, like where, where data gets pulled right, from right. memory spikes or memory leaks. So I was like, what's the memory leak? I'm Isaac, this is a great question that we get asked a lot, especially for early founders who are the visionaries and are like, mm -hmm. but how do I build this? How did you find your technical co-founder? My attorney, Drew Jackson, Drew, he, 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 here's the, here's the thing. He introduced me to Ramiro and they had built, you know, they had a, a resume for working with companies like Taco Bell and the CDC. Mm -hmm. And they had just built, you know, these, these great apps and these great products. And so I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work with them. And I had a hiccup. Like I had somebody that was showing me the ropes and I'm a, I'm a listener. So, um, I had someone showing me the ropes and then they kind of disappeared. It was almost like my mentor. And they kind of just left me holding the bag right when I met Ramiro. And I was like, I got to keep going with this thing. Like, wow. I got to figure it out. And I made, I, I, I made some good decisions. I sought out the advice of, of a lot of people. Um, Jewel Burks, yep. you know, Monique, yep. Don Dixon, like people that I knew that were in this space. And they would say, well, how do you make a deck? So I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I, you know, I had, I, matter of fact, Jewel referred me to this company that makes decks for you. And I paid to have a deck made, but what I told them was, I wanted to make sure that I had them send me the deck in Keynote. Uh -huh. And then they sent me the deck in Keynote, and then I just started clicking buttons and figured out Keynote, and then I made my own deck. I'm like, all right, give me the deck. And then I made the deck that I wanted to make. I mean, those are great points. Have, you know, because yeah. I feel like, you know, a lot of times they'll see a lot of early stage founders and they don't have a deck, they just got a piece of paper. And like, you can't approach, you know, building a business like that. Like you need to come correct. And so I love even the way you frame it where you're like, listen, I had somebody make me a beautiful deck, but I was smart enough to say, bring, give it to me in keynote so I can add my own layers of expertise and vision onto it. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it was, and, I, and now I know how to use keynote. Like I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm a keynote with, yeah. but one of the most important things even being successful. And I said this the other day, we had a, we had a room called Monday morning marketing meeting on Fanbase, Um, and what I said is you have to, you have to get very successful at failing, mm -hmm. right? You have to really get good at failing. And once you master failing and people, what do you mean? How do you master failing? Well, the music industry really trained me in ways that I didn't know. Yeah. And even a, a lot of the other ventures and hustles that I had throughout my life, I've been a voiceover artist for almost 20 years. You know, I learned how to use Photoshop. Um, I've been in the music business. So first things first is when you when you meet somebody and somebody says, hey, I want to introduce you to somebody and they want to invest in your startup, but they want like 25 percent for like fifty thousand dollars. I'm like, I come from the music business. That's some bullshit. <laughs> Like, no. And it made me think like intelligence is compartmental. You can be brilliant in one area and a little naive in others. Absolutely. Right. Like Steve Jobs got voted out of his own company. How did that happen? I don't know. It's the best thing that ever happened. But the fact that he was smart enough to, to smart enough to, to, to build Apple, but not smart enough to know I got all the board seats is a whole just story. Yeah. Like, all right, that happens. So that kind of stuff. It's like, nah, I know what a bad deal is a mile away. I know what percentages is because you write songs, you're splitting up percentages of publishing. You know what that means. Yeah. So, and then being in the music business, you get told no so many times. That's not the record. That's not the hit. That's not that's the right. song. Yep. Maybe you're not good enough. Maybe you shouldn't be producing. So you're fearless because you fail so many times. 
some people fail and then think and lose all their confidence. But being told no a lot is just par for the course. If you're trying to be an entrepreneur, you go here no a hundred times. Right. right. Every record that's ever been a hit, there was somebody that said that ain't. I it. don't like it. And to this day, there's like, eh, it's not that good. It's not my cup of tea. So how do you how do you not take that personally? And you, you understand that the greater goal is bigger than that one no, or maybe one hundred no's. I mean, well, you have to have you have to be grounded in faith. You have to really believe in yourself because I mean, and, and I remember these ebbs and flows. When you get wisdom, is something like wisdom comes with age. When I was younger and I would have ebbs and flows, I mean, I would make money in the music business, then not have any, then make money, and then not have any. I'm like, man, am I gonna go broke? Like, I don't know. Am I gonna like like really bomb out at this thing? But then you understand that life has cycles of ups and downs, and people people have wins and losses. I seen it with my dad. My dad was enormously successful in the 70s, right? And then the early 80s. And then he was off yeah. in, the, in, the, in the 80s. From like 80, like 80, he did a couple of things, but he came back with South Park. Mm-hmm. And it was the biggest thing popping. Yeah. He came back up. Like everybody gets like second and third acts. When you see the stuff that's going on with Versus, when you see D-Nice, like D-Nice was this rapper, then he was all doing photography and DJing and he's back up. That's life. So you're going to have these ebbs and flows and you got to understand that you got to ride the waves. Yeah. So that helps build your confidence in being good at failing. Because yeah. if you don't, if you don't get good at failing and hearing no, then you're not going to make it as a, as an entrepreneur. You got to understand that. You got to have you know some thick skin because the things that you love that you take personally, your dreams, if you, whatever it is, you wrote a you wrote a screenplay or you know you built a built a great boutique or anything that you take personally heart, your poetry, your songs. You know, you got to have thick skin to keep pushing forward, you know, to get where you need to get. So um, I think that helped me. So for me, my CTO is phenomenal. Um, I just hired a senior marketing advisor by the name of Sharon Britton Paris. I hired a a director of creator and artist relations named Dre Davis, who's connected, who's been in the music industry for over 20 years, tour managing people all the way from K. Michelle and and Keisha Cole and Brandy all the way up to like Polo G and G Herbo right now. So his his relationships are endless and we're, we're continuing to build the team. So I just want to put the people and in, in the, in the moves in place to kind of help us scale this company. I love it. I love it. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? 
backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Isaac, let's talk a little bit more about these money moves. So on the app, when someone's giving big love to it, how long does it take for the creative to get paid? So we pay out once a month. Stripe is our payment processor. Mm-hmm. So it's really simple for the money to go out. This Stripe uses, you know, uses Instacart, DoorDash, yep. and Lyft drivers use Stripe. So it's the same way. You just scan your debit card. You got to enter your tax ID or your social security number, and the money flows into your account the first of every month. The money comes out when you make in-app purchases through the Apple App Store. Okay. And then it's a 50-50 rev share because Apple are are gangsters. They take their 30%. We take 20. We pass 50 onto the creator. Okay. But again, when you're thinking about people like, just think if you have a million followers on social media, right? And this is my my formula. This is the fan base formula. If you have a million followers, 5% of your following is really your fan base. Yes. You got a million followers, you got 50,000 fans. And if 50,000 people in a subscription on Fanbase is $3.99 a month. So 50,000 people are giving you $1.99 a month, right? Think about that. That's 100,000 a month. That's $1.2 million a year. If you just have a million followers and there's hundreds, if not thousands of people. Who have a million followers. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, look, like Beyonce got like 200 million followers. You do the math. You do 10 million people, 10 million people giving her. Man, if Beyonce were to sell a bodysuit on Fanbase, bruh, you sold a hat. And the thing about it is there's a lot of there's a lot of pathways and verticals in the platform to monetization in ways. Some that I won't share that are really dope, but uh, I just think it's going to it's going to democratize access to to uh, to distribution. Okay, so because I have to ask, because OnlyFans has been in the news for the past couple of weeks talking about it. It's now going to restrict some of its illicit content and actions. How do you feel about that? And what are the parameters of, I guess, R-rated activity that Fanbase has? So we have terms of service that don't allow that. 
even nudity. OnlyFans said it's still going to allow people to post new photos. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but I think they're just trying to cut out like, like sex. Yeah. But I think nudity will still be allowed. We don't allow nudity. I mean, it doesn't really bother me. Here's, and here's the reason why I'm not afraid of any of these apps, right? And I say this, every social media platform is going to have a lifespan, mm-hmm. right? And the reason why is there's no amount of innovation that Facebook and Instagram can do to capture the youth. Mm-hmm. Because kids are always going to want to be on apps that their parents are not on. <laughs> so my mama is on Facebook. I am not on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Oh and God. I got a little brother who's 15 years old who, who will literally lie to my face and say, I'm not on social media. When I know he's on TikTok and Twitter <laughs> platforms, he wants to have his conversations with his friends to talk about girls and music that he likes. And he does not want his big brother, his big sister over there watching what he's doing. Oh, my gosh. I just went through this this week with my 17-year-old nephew, and I was, like, mortified. Right. They have a, they have their own personality. They're probably doing dance challenges to ratchet records that you don't even know about. Like, what? So... Like, I don't care what features Facebook and Instagram add. It, they're not getting a 17-year-old to come on there because their mama's probably on there and they're right. going nowhere near it. So even fan base will have a lifespan. And then there'll be another app after that and so on and so forth. So, you know, you, that's, the, that's the approach that we take for it, that we take towards building, building the platform. So, again, you know, OnlyFans didn't really bother me because of the fact that it's nudity and I think they have their own challenges, but there's enough room for everybody. Everybody's going, I mean, there's, there's some there's discord, there's Twitch, yep. there's multi-million there's dollar, so many. dollar platforms all over the place. So I'm, you know, there's, there's enough room for everybody. And I don't, I don't have a problem like promoting other apps. There's the main reason why few reasons, few reasons why mm-hmm. I promote other apps. Number one, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cut off access to people that I've built in other platforms and channels. I'm not going to get funny. Like I'm not going over there. I opened a room up on clubhouse the other day, like, and it had like 500 people in it real quick. I'm like, that's a whole audience that I didn't have. And I that's need to reconnect right. with those. And it's important to continue to do that and maintain your connectivity to these, these channels that you built. I've built a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. I'm not going to just like not use it. I'm going to use that to, 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 to talk drive. about my platforms and, and other pla- platforms do that too. Mm-hmm. And then also, you have to date apps. I tell people all the time, you got to date apps, go on dates. And what I mean by that is most people are right now are in a dysfunctional relationship with an app that doesn't give them what they want, but they stay. And if you don't cheat on apps, you should be cheating on your apps all the time, going out on some dates. I'm tell you why. Two reasons why. In their wildest dreams, I guarantee, and in his wildest dreams, I guarantee you that Snapchat mm-hmm. and DJ Khaled did not know they were meant for each other. And if DJ Khaled would have been loyal to MySpace or Facebook or Instagram, he, he would have never met the love of his life, Snapchat. Right. It changed his life. Yep. And the same for Jason Derulo, who was a great recording artist. And then it got, got kind of got quiet for a while. And then he got on TikTok and he's one of the biggest stars on TikTok. So if he would remain loyal to all those other platforms that he probably was on, too, he would have never met those those this relationship he has with TikTok. So you got to date apps. Fan base okay. may or may date not date apps. everybody, but you definitely should date it. You better go on a few dates because you might be like, I like it over here. Oh, I like, I it. like you. Let's, this is a let's good keep hanging out. You know, there was this TikTok strike and these kids were complaining. So we decided that we're actually building another vertical in fan base that is our short form video editor. Oh, fantastic. Like it's in development right now. We had a creator conference in Atlanta, Georgia, brought 25 TikTokers to the city, sat down with them, had a dinner for them private dinner then sat down with them and talked to them about equity and showed them what algorithms were and really what's happening with their content and then we made an offer of equity in fan base to them 
Wow, and, and, that's and how you do it. Majority of them are equity owners in in fan base, and will continue to be. And then you know, and, and we showed them you know that that power that that what they bring to TikTok, and 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 again, when we have a chance to build these verticals, um, we're going to do that, and they're monetized. So that's something that's really really exciting that we have this creator advisory board that's going to help us build this platform. Mm-hmm. Of about 25 kids that that are, I mean, some of them have 13 million followers. They're just really popping on the platform. But some of them have aren't making any money. Like some of them are really popular. Like oh, I mean, only made like three, four thousand dollars on TikTok the whole year. I'm like, what? Like your videos are getting like 20 million views. 20 million not, views. I mean, that's just yeah. incredible. Or they're or they're starting these these viral dance challenges that right. wind up making these records go number one, and the record label will give you an 800 dollars. Like, what? Like you just sold like three million singles and you got eight hundred dollars. Right. So, you know, we want to help them own their content, own their moves, you know, things like that that we're working on. We created. And again, I love Ramiro for this. I had an idea. I was like, hey, we need to be able to allow people to just migrate their entire Instagram over to fan base. And oh, that's brilliant. And when I said it, I said, let's make sure legally we're doing the right thing, which we are, because the content belongs to the user. And they should be able to take it wherever they want to. Yep. And we and we built this nice migration tool. You know, it's like moving truck. And you really just, you, with a couple of quick little links here, post that here, hit continue, your entire Instagram just uploads on the fan base. Oh, that is and huge because, you know, people get attached to their, it's like a journal. <laughs> so I said this, in starting a new platform, the two hardest things to do or that make it tough for joining a new platform is you have to post your content all over again. All over again. And then you have to tell you, and then you have to build your following all over again. Yep. But one makes two a lot easier. And I said like, look, I was like, I don't know, if, whatever your favorite restaurant is, right? If your favorite restaurant said, look, we're moving locations, we're about to be down the street, we want you to start going over there. And you walk through the door and the only thing you see is water and breadsticks, you're <laughs> gonna go back to the old location. That's right. But if you walk through the door and see the exact same thing, that was at the last place and some new shit. You're like, oh, I'm staying over here. You're like, this is so cool. That's what we wanted to do. And so people are people are literally taking their entire content library and putting it up on fan base. And now it's in this, in this place that they can make money. It's in a place people can love it. They can monetize yeah. it, right? They can say, look, I love they can this. Give place. that big love. So they put their content in a position to be monetized and make money. And I think that's extremely important. Um, and again, it's aggressive. People are like, that's dope. Ain't nobody ever did nothing like that before. Yeah, that's and I'm like, brilliant. you gotta be ballsy. You, you, you have to be aggressive. I love the fact that I'm in Atlanta because I'm not, I'm not anywhere near Silicon Valley. I feel like I'm underestimated. I feel like, you know, but I'm being watched because absolutely be told Triller, Triller just announced this week that last week that they're having their own creator conference yep. in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling like, you, this gonna, is a, this is a hot spot. Yeah. It's going to be a private dinner. And I was like, really? Like, where are y'all doing the whole, y'all doing the whole fan base creator conference over again? Like, it's cool. But the fact that you're this multi-million dollar company and you worried about little old me. Yeah. Says make them sweat. They, make them sweat. Yeah. It's making, it's making them, it's making them a little uncomfortable. And I like that. So that's I good. think that's good. Like I said, that we have to break through these industries where we own our culture and we monetize it on the infrastructure that does it. And we haven't had it. Like we gotta have, we gotta have that. That Zuckerberg, you know, Regal Sinstrom type of, and and, and again, and this is a larger point, that type of wealth and that type of wealth to people that are 
investors in the company is game changing because the things that happen, the things that we're allowed to do with that type of wealth. Oh, it um, changes life for know. like communities, cities, this. I mean, the butterfly effect of that and the magnitude of it. I mean, it changes the trajectory of this entire, of this nation. Like, and that's what I think we're really, I'm grateful to you for having the vision to start building and taking so many people along with you. I mean, the fact that you said there's what, 5,100 people? Yeah, 5,100 investors, yep. And some are notable. Like we got some, we got some, we got some big boys in there. Like, you know, we got some Snoop Dogs in there and people that are really, you know, come in and invested. But I mean, what's um, so beautiful is like, there's notables and then there's just people. And I think that like, that to me is so much more powerful because great, I love notoriety, but people. And how do we yeah. build up a generation and, you know, a like of just people who can build wealth for their families and then build Absolutely. wealth again for the next generation? Like that is. The minimum to invest in fan base was $256. That's the minimum. $256 gets you some shares. And we spend that on some food. I was going to say, that's a night out at Houston's with right. a bottle. I mean, you can't even get a bottle in the club at Compound for that. Right. You you, you, buy, you about to buy a pair of J's or I'm gonna put $256 in this tech company. And and five, six years from now, you'll be like, yeah, fan base exits or IPOs at $100 billion. Wait a minute. I got $1.25 million? Yes. Yeah, you do. Because <laughs> you just, and you're going to, it's going to, it's going to change the game because it's really going to change, you know, like I said, access to wealth and opportunity for people in this country. And th those types of moves are the things that Tyler Perry has done. Like I look, yeah. I look at things like that. And even in the political space, I think it's extremely important because it gives us access to capital to raise money for candidates that can do things. Mm. One thing that's extremely important, and I said this too, is like when you think about like what Tyler Perry did with Tyler Perry Studios, right? That's 300, 300 acres, right? 300 plus acres. He got sold that for $35 million. From the former mayor that's running for mayor now. So, the, so another black man sold another black man the land in which to build his dreams upon. Yes. In any other city, that would have not happened. Yep. Right? Number one, he couldn't afford it. Yep. That same 300 acres in LA is $850 million. In New York City, it's $1.3 billion. Whew. So number one, three, 300 acres for $35 million is a steal. Yeah. It's like that's a, that's a that's a steal, and then the political power that if Tyler Perry tried to walk in Hollywood or walk in New York City and say I want to build a movie studio, they would have laughed his ass about it. Like, like get out of here! You want to build a movie studio that's bigger than like Warner Brothers and Paramount, and you're a no, black man? You. Get out of here! Yeah, yeah. would have never let him do that. So Atlanta is a place where we're underestimated. I think we're respected in tech. Um, people like you, Paul. Um, Jewel, Barry, they're making waves. You know, you guys have set the, the pace and the trend for someone like me to come along and say, okay, black people in technology is not nothing to scoff at now. It's so not. We really have to We're keep our up. eyes on it. So We're coming for up. sure. All right, Isaac, as we take us out, I know you raised some really good money from amazing investors. Is the round closed or can people still get in and invest money in fan base? So the round closed, we raised $3.5 million. What? Say that again, please. $3.5 million. $3.5 million. That sounds good, brother. Uh, yeah. We raised $3.5 million in a, in a Reg CF crowdfund. I'm the first Black man to raise $3.5 million in a Reg CF. I could have raised five, but I didn't want to raise five, which has been the max you can raise in a Reg CF, but yep. I didn't need the capital. But I'm happy that I was able to do that. And the round is closed. But the cool thing about Engine 
and even, you know, at, at some point, I know that venture capital is going to have to come into play with fan base. My goal is to raise $100 million at a billion dollar valuation. Ooh. That's my goal. Ooh. I'm going to tell you how we're going to do it. Yeah, $100 million at a billion dollar valuation. Even in that, even in that platform, even in that, that raise, Start Engine has another, another vertical called a Reg A+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And so you can raise up to $75 million in a Reg A+, plus of non-accredited investors as well. I think it's accredited and non-accredited yeah. in that round. But the cool thing about that is I always want to make a portion of my raise available to the general public to invest because users make the platform. Users make so the these platform. platform yeah. And that's the, two, that's the tone that people are saying now. A lot of people are like, a lot of, I see a lot of people tweeting like, oh, it's like equity is really what matters. Ownership is what matters. If the users have a chance to own part of the platform, I think it significantly gives you, it gives you people that are invested Absolutely. in a way that are really going to be champions of the platform. And you think about it, you know, another, another 10 or $15 million from the public to be able to invest in a startup um, is important. And I yeah. think I always want to do that. It's like, it's like giving back to the people, giving people an opportunity to have a chance at real wealth through these tech startups. Because it always is. It's like, it's always like 10, 10 or 12 people that always get the bag, but let's, Let's let 30,000 people get well, the let's bag. Let 30,000 let's 30, people get the bag and then they can disseminate it and spread it. And that's how we really make money news. Absolutely. That's that's what I want. I want, to, I want the largest distribution of wealth to black people in the history of this country. That's what I want. Wow. That like, is you talking about reparations, let's invest. I can't wait to see all this that money in Bitcoin and, and NFTs. Throw it in some of these startups. And, there, and there's a lot of other, you know, um, great black founded startups on um Start Engine 2. Crown and Hops is on there. Yep. Angela Benton with Streamlytics is raising. Don is still raising. Yep. Don Cannon is raising money for his startup. So there's a lot of other great black founded startups on Start Engine ready to invest in. So I say check that out because it's your chance to really have equity. I'm invested in all those companies. I tell people, you know, we have to support our own businesses and really get involved in that way. And so I was happy to do that too. Oh, Isaac, it is such a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much for creating wealth for so many of us. And we are wishing you the best. And thank you. Just thank you from the bottom of our hearts at Money Moves in Greenwood for sharing your time with us today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. That's it for this episode of the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood. Thank you for joining us, Money Movers. Be sure to tune back in next time to see all the great tips and exciting information that we've got for you and to see the journeys of so many of our Black founders that are out there creating wealth and opportunity for so many of us. Thank you so much for tuning in, Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN. 